the Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. This is Prem Carno, author of Smart Pickleball, and here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Prem, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. I'm your host, Chris Allen. We have a special edition of the Pickleball Show for you today. We've gotten your emails. We've gotten your phone calls. We've gotten all the questions regarding the serve. What's legal? What's not legal? And maybe, hopefully, if we have some time at the end here, we can talk a little strategy as well. Joining me, I've got an illustrious panel today. Joining me, both both are in Arizona. Uh, at least I think that they are. Melissa, you can never tell where Melissa is. She's just, if she's a, you know, if there's a pickleball tournament within a thousand miles of Melissa, she could be there. It's Melissa McCurley from PickleballTournaments.com. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Chris. How are you? Doing great. Also joining me in Arizona, the legendary referee and all-around pickleball aficionado, Ms. Mr. Wayne Mugley. Wayne, how are you today? Not too bad, Chris and Melissa. How are you guys both doing? Fantastic. And I am in Arizona, so nice and warm <laughs> here today. Well, this is a good day to go ahead and tackle the serve. And I want to get rid of these misconceptions. I've, I've heard some really wacky things from different players that, I, that I've played uh, with. Also, I get questions and comments uh, when we talked to Gail Leach a couple of weeks ago. She mentioned that the number one thing that she hears from her readers in terms of uh, confusion and questions is regarding the serve. I've been told things like like you have to throw the ball the ball has to has to rise and then drop before you can hit it on your serve. I've been told that it has to be in front of your body, it can't be over to your side. Um just re- really weird things and I think the serve has sort of taken on little cult status where it, people are assigning all these rules to it uh that don't really apply. What do you, what have you guys run into? Yeah, well, I was going to say, Wayne, he's probably seen it all in his referee um, work that he does. But I mean, I know my serve itself is a little weird. I do the backhand serve, and that one seems to get a lot of controversy. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, probably, uh, and I heard Gail talking, she was talking about the, the sidearm type serve. And I think where people get controversy on it is, is it's an underhand serve. And, you know, I think whether or not uh, you, you drop the ball out of the air or you contact it as you're swinging through with your paddle, I think the biggest thing here is making sure that you're making contact with the ball um, under your, your waist or your belly button when you when you make that contact, mm-hmm. whether you're doing it with the forehand, you know, under, under forehand serve there, yeah. or you're doing it uh, on the backhand type serve. Now, Wayne, have you ever had to actually disqualify somebody for an illegal serve? Not so much you don't disqualify them. What they do, you call it a service fault. Okay. And, of course, the one thing you have to look at, I'm like Melissa. When I'm playing, I serve underhand or backhand also. Mm-hmm. But the main thing you look for, and, and like the rule states, it's very simple. It's a little two-paragraph rule. It states the serve must be made with an underhand stroke so that the contact with the ball is made below waist level. Now, the waist is, con- 
is defined as the navel down. Well, being out there and watching it, or even playing it, you know, I'm not going to go up and... It's hard to tell where the navel is. I'm not going to say, <laughs> somebody pick up your shirt and let me see your navel. You just start course, poking around. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do all that. And the, and the other one is if somebody's leaning back on one foot, where is the line? Is it just still parallel to the ground or is it straight up, you know, is it where the belly button? Mm-hmm. I think that is the the first point of confusion is that that waist level is is technically considered navel level because a lot of people I think they're thinking uh, waist being lower than that and uh, they might be thinking just kind of like a belt or a waistline or something like that and sometimes you know your navel is up above that so you have a little more room a little more leeway uh, than some people might think. Well, one of the things you got to remember, like I said, I'm not. Most people wear loose-fitting shirts; they don't have them tucked in, so you can't use the top of the shorts as the basis mm-hmm. or anything like that. The main thing you look for, and, and this is the one that really, really gets it, uh, really for me, is the paddle head when it strikes the ball must be below the wrist bone. That's point number two. The point number two is the the paddle head must be below the wrist. You said the wrist bone. That's correct. Okay. And it's got to be in an upward motion. Okay, so if you're above the waist and you're in an upward motion with the paddle head below the wrist, you must you will look so unorthodox and trying to keep that close to your body that it's easy to call. So the paddle head and the wrist are to me more important than the than well they're both important, but the more important one to watch for in a, in a quick serve is than the waist. The waist is you know again I'm it's the navel below. But I'm not going to ask somebody to lift their shirt so I can see their navel. Mm-hmm. But the upward portion is you can you can get down low and you can watch that paddle head when it strikes the ball. The whole paddle head must be below the wrist bone, uh, and the paddle head is considered above the handle. That's what I look for more than for than the waist. Mm-hmm. So if they sidearm it and have the paddle heads above the wrist, that's an illegal serve. Now, a lot of guys, I think, uh, don't want to give up the power that comes with a sidearm. And I think some others, uh, they think that an underhand serve is kind of the sissy's way to serve. Remember uh, growing up playing basketball when <laughs> when you couldn't shoot the, you, know, you weren't strong enough to, to shoot the ball overhead. You did the granny shot. Remember that when, when you were a kid and, and, you know, other kids would tease you if you're like, ah, you got to do granny shot, you know, because you, and I think a lot of guys, think that the the underhand serve is the granny shot of pickleball well to go back in the back back in the history the greatest free throw player of the whole basketball was rick barry yeah. and he shot every free throw underhand two-handed yeah so that's not a granny i don't think you want to tell him or his kids that was a granny <laughs> shot. He's, he's a pretty good guy i've actually run into him have you heard a lot of weird things around the serve like i was mentioning people saying oh the ball you have to toss the ball up and it has to you know arc and fall down have you heard weird things like that i think melissa you'd be more exposed to that than i would because of all the tournaments you attend yeah, not so much. I probably the number one question that I get asked, and this is more people that are new to pickleball than tournament play, is can they bounce the ball before they um, strike it um, as a serve? And the answer to that is no. Uh, I think uh, in tournament play, where you have more people that are experienced, people can tend to, for whatever reason, it's usually a mental block, lose their serve, and they tend to take what was their natural underhand motion and they compensate and try to hit it um, in that sidearm motion because they see success that way. 
way. Mm-hmm. And I see that in tournament play, that's where a, a lot of the controversy can come in because I think they know that they're doing it. Now they're trying to then go back uh, to do it in the underhand way. And then for whatever reason, you can't even hit that big green box or blue box or whatever <laughs> color it is on the other side. <laughs> you are, and you're I, absolutely, go ahead, Melissa. Well, I was just going to say I know from experience, and that's why I ended up with a backhand serve because I cannot hit that side of the box if I have my forehand, underhand serve. I just can't do it. It's a mental block, and uh, I actually thought I'd have to give up pickleball over it, and uh, someone out at Arizona Traditions actually showed me the backhand serve and whew, saved the day. I was able to keep playing. And you feel like uh, you're you're well in the margins for the the three elements that we outlined here, even with a backhand serve. I think that I am. I know it's been questioned a couple times in tournaments, and I'm thinking, well, shoot. I mean, I'm in a disadvantage hitting in that backhand serve. I'm not acing anybody, and heck, I almost sit down when I strike the ball. So I'm sure it's not pretty. I've actually I've actually refed Melissa, and her her serve was legal. Uh huh. Now, have you uh? When you when you do find somebody that has an illegal serve or what you think is an illegal serve, you you take them aside and uh, are they able to immediately make that adjustment or do they pretty much fall back into it uh, without even thinking about it? Well, what, it's a fine line because you know we have so much on our on our plate as a, as a referee. What I do sometimes is, of course, I watch them warming up, and you know at the end there, the last minute, they they take their serves. If I feel a person is, is very close, I'll just kind of slowly walk over and I'll ask somebody from the tournament group, uh, the head of the referees, to kind of come over and keep an eye on it for a couple of times as an outside observer because I'm saying, now, we have a lot of players that, you know, 70% of the time their serves legal and 30% it's illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I, if I have a question on somebody, I'll have somebody outside watch it and then I'll, you know, during the warm-ups and then uh, when the game starts, I'll keep an eye on it, and I'll kind of glance over to that person to see if he's seeing the same thing I am. The second pair of eyes never hurts. Right. And if they nod yes, then I then I do a special thing. I get low because I'm watching the waist as well as the paddle hood striking the ball. And I have called five O's to three fives on every time, and I'm you know calling them, and they'll look at you and they go, "Well, I've never been called on it before." And I'll just you know you give them the smile and you don't say anything. <laughs> And they'll come off the court afterwards, and I'll just cite the rule to them. And, and you know, a lot of times, most of those big games, they're they're recorded, and so they can get mad at me. I don't care, you know. Uh, I know they got a lot of energy built up. So afterwards, if somebody's got it on camera, they'll show it to them, and they'll go, "I never knew I did that." And uh, you know, I've watched uh, five thousand different servers. So you start learning a little bit, but you pay a little bit more attention. Your head doesn't quite swing to the receiving side as fast. And you, I, I usually ask uh, for somebody, like I said, on the outside to check it out. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think about that, Melissa? Did you know that one? I didn't, but if somebody asked me and, and when I'm playing in tournament, I just have to say, tell me where my navel is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm checking into having my navel surgically uh, heightened just so I can, it'll buy me a little extra space there. But, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, they're not going to go that far. But, you know, but, uh, again, I, if, you, if you guys go out there and try this and you have an upward swing and you're trying to be, hit it above the waist and the paddle has on an upward swing... That is the most awkward thing there. But if you're bent over, like Melissa and I, when we serve backhand, I overemphasize my swing down low. Mm-hmm. There's something most people don't realize, forehand or backhand. They might hold the ball high above their waist and bring the paddle to the ball and, and serve thinking that's a 
legal serve because it's an underhand serve. Mm-hmm. But their arm is out straight out, and that's and they hold the ball and the paddle comes. That's an illegal serve because it is above the waist. Because the ball is up above their waist. That's correct. Gotcha. And not only that, if you hit it that hard, that paddle head's above the wrist ball. Mm-hmm. So you have a double thing. So those are things you look for. And but the rest of that stuff, you only have two criteria. The ball strikes the paddle below the waist and the paddle head must be below the wrist. All that other stuff about throwing the ball up and no good. Yeah, that's all just stuff that's just been been added on uh, mistakenly. Well, one of the things too that I think it causes some confusion is the the definition of an, an upward motion because some people think that that it has to be just directly, you know, straight down to straight up. And uh, you can even, you know, you can have your arm especially with a backhand serve, you can you're still going in an upward motion, but you're not you know, you're not going just straight up and down, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, that's correct. You're overemphasizing it. You're almost turned, uh, you know, you take your step towards, you twist your body, and you go down low. If you mm-hmm. don't twist your body on that, if you're not twisting your body as you step forward on the swing, you will go above your right waist. Two things I might add, and then I'm going to ask Melissa to comment on it. One, there's a lot of people, though, that have racquetball backgrounds, and just before they strike the ball, it looks like it's going to be a side aim. They break their wrist downwards and hit underneath. The paddle head actually goes underneath the wrist, but it all happens so quick. The second thing is, is your listeners tomorrow, when they go out and want to confront somebody, my, don't confront them directly because there's nothing worse, and I've seen it happen. I think Melissa probably has two a hundred times. If you think somebody, and they're a friend, and you think they're, they're serves illegal, film it. And then you can explain it to them very simple. Mm-hmm. Use your GoPro and go film it. That's good advice. Sounds good. What do you think, Melissa? Yeah, no, that's excellent advice that Wayne is giving there because a lot of times people can't see or feel, I guess, what they're doing based on what we can actually see. And uh, I think that there is. I've seen a lot of the players that look like they might do that sidearm type serve and they may have another paddle sport um, background like racquetball and then that wrist just breaks down and comes up in that underhand motion, you know, keeping the paddle head below the wrist bone like uh, Wayne was saying, and then it just naturally comes through. So uh, for the most part, I think people uh, understand and are doing a pretty good job at keeping a serve legal and usually the people who get out into that illegal area is when they start to have some sort of struggle um, with the serve and are just trying to find a way to get it in. Well, it's a little antidote for you because I've been around the game a long time. I, uh, I used to be a forehand server, and I, ha- I was a quick, I had a hard serve and everything else. And one game, I lost, I lost it. I missed 17 straight serves. My partner was laughing so hard he fell on the ground, <laughs> and, and he was just because you know it, you're right. It was a 100% mental mental break, and I tell you, almost every pickleball player has that. So, like you, somebody, a friend of mine from Traditions, and I'm not going to say names, but I, he'd been serving backhand for years, and most people don't realize the backhand serve is the most natural serve. I went to it. I've never gone back, and uh, I like you. I cannot serve forehand if my life depends on it because my mind just goes. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you where the, where the biggest advantage or disadvantage is, and it is if you're in a, a venue in which you're having to play in a windy conditions, um, it is very difficult to hit that backhand with that wind resistance and, and really get it inside the other end of the court. And I, I did learn, I played some indoor pickleball back in January, and the ball indoor is just heavier. And so if you're going to go with the backhand serve, you better work on that forehand muscle or else you're going to be real sore at the end of that tournament. Yeah, the backhand serve hitting into the wind is you got to hit it twice as hard as you do forehand, that's for sure. 
That's right. Now, I think we've boiled this down into into a good three-step rule to remember, and I think it might be something along the lines of down, down, up. If you can remember those those mm-hmm. three things, down, down, up, uh, that number one, the ball must be down, contact with the ball down below your navel. Number two, uh, the paddle head must be down below your wrist. And then number three, the motion of your arm must in some way be up. And if you can remember down, down, up, that's it. What do you think about that? I think it's excellent. And I think that's a good way for people to remember. And, you know, I don't know, Chris, if you wanted to add, because Wayne's someone good to have here for this, is not only the motion of the serve, but you get a lot of questions as to where can I be standing when I serve the ball? Yeah, yep. yeah, that's true. I have heard that as well. And uh, what's the official rule on that, Wayne? Well, again, I go back to many times we've talked about plane and contact. Number one, uh, your foot can be over the inline. One foot must be on the ground. Your foot can be over the inline when you strike the ball, but it cannot be in contact with the court at any part of the court. So you can be taking a step across the baseline. You can be in mid-step when the when the ball contacts the paddle, but your foot cannot be touching the court past the baseline. That's correct. It's it's contact and plane. The other one that I actually had to call here recently in a couple of the tournaments and. It, because people want to get a wider swing at the ball and you have a little bit more angle you can get on the crowd for the serve, is they, their foot is outside the sideline. And it's mm-hmm. on the ground, and when they touch the ball, if it's outside the sideline, it's the same situation. That is a foot fault also. And that goes to the same thing to the middle of the center line. So the outside line to the middle of the center line on the baseline is you have to be inside that that scope when your when your foot when you hit the ball, if you're in contact with the base, it's a fault. If you're in the air, it's okay. If in other words, if your foot's above outside the, that sideline in the air, you contact the ball, you're okay. But if your foot touches the ground while you contact the ball, that is also a foot fault. And I called three of them at the Grand Canyon games. Now, what if your foot is within the sideline? but you toss the ball over to your side and your paddle, your arm and your paddle are outside of it. That's okay, right? That's okay. All right. So it's just based on your foot. Because I, I, I ran into somebody one time who said, oh, no, your arm is outside of the line. And uh, so that would be considered all right. Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Fun. You got long arms, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so I think if we if we remember the down, down, up, we just remember those three things, then that's it. And and you know you put put all the other stuff, just take it out of your mind. Don't worry about it. Just remember down, down, up. The the contact with the ball is down below your navel. Uh, the uh, the paddle head is down below your wrist, and the motion of your arm is up. If you remember down, down, up. You'll be good to go, and you can just, uh, you know, anybody that says, hey, you're doing it wrong, you just give that to them, and that's it. What do you think, guys? I think you're right. And the one other thing to add uh, when you're talking to people, emphasize very few aces served in pickleball. So all the excitement over how you're serving, when you're serving, is really insignificant. The main thing is, is get it over the net and deep in the court and continue on with the play and the strategies because, uh very few advantages on the on the serve. 
but it just seems like I have such a hard time letting go of that. I really want to <laughs> want to, you know, get get some kind of advantage because you're really at a disadvantage when you're serving because you've already got one return team member is already up at the line and the other one's going to be up there in one shot. And uh-huh. so it's like I, I I can't give up this advantage. This you know, I'm holding the ball. I've got the ball. I got to be able to do something with it and not just put it into play. Um, and I keep wanting to develop some sort of a strategy to just, you know, even the playing field a little bit. Okay. Melissa, asking the same question I'm going to. Are you a slammer, Chris? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> so it really doesn't matter because that third shot you've got, you're going to be back there anyway. Yeah. Yep. I just, I just, I guess there's too much, <laughs> too much tennis in me. I just can't let go of uh, trying to, trying to get some advantage on the serve. Yeah. Well, wow. you could try your strategy um, with the maybe position of your serve, right? To kind of that higher lob, maybe deep um, on the baseline toward the backhand. Mm-hmm. See if you can challenge yourself to see how much precision you can put into that particular mm-hmm. serve. And uh, another one that I saw uh, recently is then also being able to do almost like the, uh, I'll call it a drop shot serve, a soft loopy serve that goes just uh, beyond the kitchen line into the corner that causes your opponent to have to run up to the ball and can't do a whole lot with it um, once once they do that and it kind of puts you in a good position um, uh, as the serving team to then be able to uh, get yourself a pretty good shot back over whether it's your own drop shot or with it being a short shot being able to get you some power back down the middle yeah yeah that does and also it opens up a nice hole if uh, if they run around you know to try to refrain from hitting a backhand a lot of times they'll run around and and uh, and it, it gets a nice wide gap there between the two players that's, that's right. So if you're, yeah, that's an excellent philosophy if they're stacking too, and they're stacking low. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't played, I guess, with uh, any teams that are so advanced that they go into the stacking uh, routine. That's just that's a, I think they'll we should do like a, a whole other show devoted to stacking and the advantages and disadvantages uh, because it seems like more and more teams are adopting it. So you think it's the wave of the future, Wayne? Mm-hmm. I really do because. Uh, mixed doubles and the men's doubles, there's always one player that's a dominant forehander and they want him on the left-hand court, you know, mm-hmm. if they're right-handed. And it also, if it's left-handed, it keeps, you know, you can. there's a couple philosophies. You can keep both the uh, forehands in the middle and then you play the switch back and forth. I mean, you do the shift. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that, and a lot of it comes off that serve. Well, we'll save that for a future episode and thank you again so much, Wayne Mugley and Melissa McCurley from PickleballTournaments.com. I think that uh, we've made some made some headway here and we've put a lot of the misconceptions to rest and hopefully you'll go out tomorrow and have an even better, more confident serve. Thank you, guys. Thank you, hey. Chris, and thank you, Melissa. Yeah, thank you both, gentlemen. Enjoyed it. Tournament update next on the Pickleball Show. The Pickleball Show was brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. Number one in iTunes again this week in the amateur sports and recreation category, and that is thanks to you. This is the Pickleball Show, and one thing better than having Melissa McCurley on the show is having more Melissa McCurley on the show. Take it away, Melissa. 
Hey, Chris, thanks. And today we're going to start in the Midwest where we have the Big Dill Pickleball Tournament in Billings, Montana. Tournament director there is Christopher Watts. The tournament's April 17th through the 19th. This is a double elimination skill level tournament, and they're going to have doubles and singles in this tournament. Deadline is April the 13th. So don't miss this big deal in Billings, Montana, and get signed up for the Big Deal Pickleball Tournament by April the 13th. All right, sounds good. We're going to stay, Chris, in the Midwest where we have the 2015 Spring Swing in Loves Park, Illinois. The tournament director there is Tony Cabo. It's April the 18th through the 19th. This is a double or double elimination skills level tournament. They are also going to have doubles and singles. Registration deadline is April the 7th. Some events for this one are already full. So if this is one on your list, you're going to need to get out there today and see if you can still get get your spot. So those folks up in on. Illinois are rare into play, aren't they? Uh, I've seen them. I think they play in the snow, too. They're pretty diehards up there. Go show these guys and girls some love up in Loves Park, Illinois, and get on out there. Cool. Where else are we headed? Well, we're going to dart up to the westernmost part of Canada, where we have the Burns Creek Leos Charity Pickleball Tournament. It is April the 18th and April the 19th in Burnaby, British Columbia. The tournament director for this one is Marco Jankowiak. And I had to, Marco, I hope I didn't butcher that too bad because I did have to go out to the uh, internet and get a pronunciation on that last name. So hopefully (laughs) we did all right. Uh, this is a uh, skill level tournament for both singles and doubles, and the format's going to be round robin. The registration deadline is April the 3rd. Paddles up, y'all, and keep on competing. Thank you, Melissa, and thank you again to Wayne Mugley for joining us on this special serve edition of the Pickleball Show. Got a problem with anything you heard us say today? Well, we'd like to hear from you. 1 855 PB Show. That's the pickleball hotline. It's open 24 7 and it is toll free. Go ahead and call it right now while you're thinking about it. 1 855 PB Show. Every call we use on the air in the month of March is automatically registered to win a free portable net system from our friends over at pickleballpaddlesplus.com. You can email us to mail at pickleballshow.com. Go over to iTunes this week. If you think of it, hit that subscribe button. And if you feel it's appropriate, leave us one of those five-star reviews. Makes it easy for pickleball lovers around the world to find this show. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show was brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.